0: There is this analogy that they talk about in IFS where there's a sailboat and one guy in the boat's like, oh man, this is feeling a bit tippy and he leans up to one side. And then a different sailor's like, oh man, this is feeling extra tippy, leans up to the other side. And the first sailor says, oh man, this is really tipping, I got to lean out further. And then the second one leans out further and then they keep going, right? And now they're both leaning way out of the boat and both of them rightly believe that if they were to stop leaning out of the boat, it would capsize. Welcome to the 52nd episode of the Leader Rising podcast. I'm your host and coach, Paul Carvanes. We're here for people who want to live their life fully and all out. If you still sometimes wonder what you're going to be when you grow up, you're in the right place. So things have been a little quiet coming out of the Leader Rising camp lately. I'm just looking. It looks like I've done two posts uh, since the end of May over over two months. Uh, this will be my first one in all of July. And it's going to stay slow for a little bit. You know, I guess that's what happens when you have a young kid. I'm going to be starting parental leave soon for my second. I'm super stoked. So I'm probably going to ease up on the marketing side of it, which means the podcast episodes are going to be few and far between posts on social media are going to be few and far between, um, because I have less resources. And so when you have less, you got to be a little bit more deliberate about where you spend it. I remember asking my, I guess, business mentor uh, a while ago about what I should really be focusing on. He, gave me a really interesting paradigm to look at it. He said, well, what would you do if you could only work on this business one hour per day or one hour per week? What would you focus on? And I think there's really just two things. I need to focus on actually doing the work, on actually coaching. And the other thing I need to focus on is becoming the best coach possible. And now part of that will be done by doing the work. And part of that is done through reading and learning and taking courses. And so I'm going to be doing all of that and I'm stoked for it. One of the things I've done lately is I've made a map of my current understanding of growth and change. I've been reading books on it constantly for years. I've been coaching people on it over hundreds of hours. And I've got many, many more hours than that of trying to do it myself, trying to change. So I'm going to share this map. If you found this podcast episode through social media or through my website, you'll already have the map. If you're just listening to it straight on your podcast listening app of choice, then I invite you to go to leaderrising.com slash current understanding, one word, and I'll put the map up there. There's a few things I want to highlight that I think are fascinating. So what I've got in the middle is actions, feelings, and beliefs sort of rotating around each other. Now, this is the basis of CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy. And I learned this far before I ever became a coach. I learned it through being in therapy and using it to deal with my anxiety. And it's it makes a ton of sense once you hear it. Your actions drive your feelings, your feelings drive your beliefs and your beliefs drive your actions. And it's a circle and it can either be a virtuous circle or a vicious cycle. And if it's a cycle that you want to break, all you really need to do is break one of the links and then at least it stops cycling through. You're still going to get the feelings, but maybe those don't lead to the beliefs. Or maybe you still have the feelings and the beliefs, but you've stopped yourself from doing the actions. So one of the things that I've really been talking about a lot on the podcast over the last little while, because it's been resonating with me a lot, is internal family systems therapy, IFS. And IFS has modified my understanding of how personal transformation works in a few different ways. I've long talked about how if you want to feel happy, there's really only two levers for you to pull on. You can either pull on the reality lever by changing your reality, or you can pull on your perspective lever by just changing your perspective and being happy. And our society focuses so much on that first lever, right? We try and change our lives to make ourselves happy. We try and uh, get a promotion, get a raise, uh, buy a nice, a bigger house or a nicer car, thinking that these things are going to make us happy. And it's my understanding that most of our spiritual advisors will tell us to pull on that second lever, to pull on your perspective, that life doesn't change at all. The only thing that really changes is how we think about it. There's this Buddhist koan, which is like a puzzle. And it goes something like, a man was walking in the forest, and he reached nirvana and became enlightened. What happened next? Well, he kept walking in the forest, because nothing changes. And I've always said that I want to pull on both levers. And I've advocated it as well. And my reasoning is twofold, really. Why not? And also, uh, I don't want to leave anything on the table. I don't want to not realize my potential. If I'm here to create things and do things and move mountains, then that is what I want to be doing. And I know that if I'm just pulling on the second lever, I won't be doing that. I wanna add a third reason, which I think is arguably even more compelling because as I've learned about IFS, we've got our different parts, right? And our parts are sometimes polarized. We've got different parts that want different things. I've got a part that wants to be an amazing dad that wants to spend all of this time with my kids. I've also got a part that wants to relax and create stuff and chill. And sometimes that second part wants to spend my time just relaxing and doing nothing for anybody else. And that first part tells me I got to go do stuff for my kids. And so these two parts are pulling at each other in opposite directions. What you generally want from all your parts is for them to get along, for them to talk, for there to be a discourse and decisions and to have yourself lead it. The part of you that is what they refer to in IFS as your capital S self, that that self that is compassionate, caring, curious. I think that if you're not happy and you want to be happy and you try and tell yourself, okay, I'm just going to be happy. You just try and pull on that second lever. I think you might get more resistance from your parts. I think it might just polarize the system even more there is this analogy that they talk about in IFS where there's a sailboat and one guy in the boats like, oh man, this is feeling a bit tippy and he leans up to one side and then a different sailors like, oh man, this is feeling extra tippy. leans up to the other side. And the first sailor says, oh man, this is really tipping. I got to lean out further. And then the second one leans out further and then they keep going. Right? And now they're both leaning way out of the boat and both of them rightly believe that if they were to stop leaning out of the boat, it would capsize. This is a polarized system where your parts are stuck and pulling in different directions and then stuck in their roles because if they give up their role, the system's not going to function properly. And so I think that if you are aiming to be more content and happy in life, you can't just pull on one lever or the other, even if it's just the perspective lever, because I suspect that for a lot of us, And I'm not going to say always, but I suspect that for a lot of us, it would end up just polarizing the system even more. The other big learning that I've done in the last little bit is what happens when people are stuck. I've worked with a few people now who don't want to be doing what they're doing. They're a lawyer and they're done being a lawyer except they're not because they continue being a lawyer and they just feel incredibly stuck. Like they absolutely need to leave, but there's no way they could ever leave. And there was a while here where my thought was, we come down, we talk about values, we try and figure out what makes sense, we try and make it work. If that doesn't work, then you've got a lot more information and maybe it is time to jump it's all rational and it makes sense and yet i'm not sure it's the right approach actually and the analogy i like to give is with say a tangled necklace my son one of his friends made him a necklace made out of thread and it's got a a whole bunch of charms tied onto it he likes it a lot and every now and again he comes to me and he says daddy can you help? And he holds up his hand and in it is this massive tangle, a ball of just threads all over the place. Now, I don't know if you've tried to untangle a necklace before, but let me tell you, if you put, if you grab one thread on one side and one thread on the other side of the tangle and you pull, that thing is not coming apart. And I think our system is often like this, especially when we're stuck. Oftentimes when we're stuck, it's because our system is so polarized where everything is pulling in different directions. It's not just the boat with one part leaning out one side, one part leaning out the other. It's like a one-legged stool that's somehow balancing because everything is placed perfectly on top. And so if you go in and say, absolutely, you need to leave or absolutely you can't leave what you're really doing is just pulling really hard on one of the threads really what we need to be doing when someone's stuck like that is untangling the threads what's going on here how is this stuckness serving you how is the how are the underlying forces of this stuckness serving you they're all looking out for you in one way or another what are they seeing what are they thinking and maybe we can broker some peace talks between them. The final thing that I want to talk about today was just a really funny comment that came out of a discussion I had with uh, a lawyer I'm working with the other day. We were talking about why lawyers are so often stuck in an unhappy place. And she said, well, the problem is personal growth is non-billable work. It made me laugh out loud. I still find it funny. And it's true, too. That's it, really. Uh, We've got the tyranny of the billable hour. And in that context, it can be really hard. You feel like you need to work so hard just to keep your head above water. You're doing 14, 15 hour days because there's just too much shit going on right now. And who has time to squeeze in the non billable work, especially if the payoff is down the road and not right now? So there's a lot more in the map. Maybe next week, I'll talk about what I currently believe the four horsemen of self-sabotage are. So, thanks for joining today. I encourage you to take a look at this map. Once again, leaderrising.com slash current understanding. So, until next time, go easy on yourself. If you're feeling stuck, don't try and muscle your way through. Just take some time and try and untangle your threads. And of course, dream big and live bigger. Be well. Peace.